How is everybody today? Good. How many wise people do I have today? We got one. All right, we got two. Do I hear three? Three, give me three. How about three? Maybe four. Nope. We're staying with two. Well, we're going to talk about wisdom today, and we're going to talk about it in the book of James. And so I figured, I, I knew that nobody was, that not many people were actually going to say, oh yeah, I'm a smart person, because you know the preacher's up here, and you know to boast and all that kind of stuff is wrong, so we're probably going to avoid that. So I wasn't planning on too many hands being raised anyway, so I'm, I appreciate you taking care of me. All right? So we're going to switch a little bit. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about wise people, and if I were to ask you, who would you say you think of when you think of wise people? What kind of names would come up? Maybe, maybe these, maybe these fellas would show up. I gotta turn this on. See, I'm not wise. I'm dumb. So, I gotta remember to turn this thing on or it doesn't work. Maybe these guys. Would these guys come up if you were thinking about why, being wise? Anybody know who that is? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone be, anyone been in a plane anytime lately? Starts with an O, rhymes with Ervil and Wilbur. That's Orville and Wilbur Wright. Would you say that they had some wisdom? If you've gotten in a plane, you've trusted their wisdom. So here's hoping you do. What about this? What about this feller? Who's this feller? You didn't know you were coming to history class, did you? <laughs> I don't feel bad for you either. This is Thomas Edison. Who's that? Who is Thomas Edison? He gave us light. Well, fake light, not real light. I don't, let's not get into a spiritual debate on who gave us light. But Edison's the one that came with the light bulb, right? How about this guy? Anyone would say he's wise? Can you get this one for crying out loud? <clears throat> Anyone know what E equals MC squared actually means? Anyone can actually know? Me either, and I don't really care. But when we think of wisdom, we tend to, as human beings, we tend to think of Wisdom being something in the brain, something something that we study for, something that we gain by going to school and and learning a lot, right? <clears throat> this is this is my favorite choice when I when we think about wisdom. This is my this is this is me right here. That's the best one ever. Best song ever. Tell me you haven't sang the Scarecrow song thinking about somebody else. If they only had a brain, no one has ever sung, right? I'm sure you haven't sung that about yourself, but there are probably people you said, man, that person being right. So, we're, so when we talk about wisdom, wisdom is something that we're used to discussing as in the mind, something that, that you study for, something that you learn. I'm in the process right now of getting a master's degree, and it's really dumb of me to try this because I'm dumb. And so trying to, trying to get through these classes, and I'm taking it online. Anybody taking online classes, taking a program through online? Like halfway, I'm in my ninth class now, and I, for six weeks every class, I have to put a post up on this online forum, and then everybody else puts one up, and then I gotta find two that I respond to and say, oh, fantastic post, this is what I learned from you, and I'm just getting tired. It, it just gets weary. Uh, you can only say you're cool so many times, and then you're like, ugh. Sometime I want to find one that sounds really stupid and just say, are you an idiot or what? But 
then I think my I think my grade would go down, so I don't want to do that. So I find the one that seems smart. But but that's what that's how we see wisdom, right? We see it as is growing in knowledge. And those of us that grow in knowledge usually oftentimes are looked at by those that may not. Sometimes we're looked at not as positively as we would like to be, right? I, I've been promoted again, over-promoted three times now, but I've been promoted again, and so I'm up in that realm, whether people like the patrolman, now they look at me and I'm in that group that knows nothing, right? Because, because the higher you go up the chain, the dumber you get, right? That, you said that, or you've heard people say that, or the, the, the more education you get, the, the, the dumber you get, right? Nobody in here knows people that are book smart, common sense, stupid. Nobody? You just don't want to say it, right? That's okay. That's, we're friends, right? We're friends. My name is Brian. We're going to be friends for a long time. As a matter of fact, because we're going to talk about, because we're going to talk about James, you, you guys know James. We've been in James for a few weeks now, and, and James, you, you really don't have to have an education to preach on James. I'm just going to tell you, James is straightforward. Like Paul, when you read some of Paul's stuff in Romans and that, and that kind of stuff, some of that stuff when Paul's writing, I'm like, what, what, are you, what planet were you on? And so you've got to spend some time digging. James is not that way. James says, this is the way it is. I'm going to put it in plain English for you. You deal with it if you want to. He, he puts it, as, as I've said before, he puts it under your lap, and if it falls on your toes, that's a you problem, not, not a James problem, Right? There's really not a lot of deep theological study to be done when you're... Basically, when we preach on James, what we're doing is we're making you slow down and going piece by piece through what James says so that you actually hear it and you actually pay attention to it. Because if I can teach it, one, if I can teach it, it's not that hard. But two, James really is very, very straightforward. Okay? So before we go any further... you, you guys are going to have to take an oath. I, I, I'm not going to make you stand up. But I want you to everybody raise your right hand. Okay? Well, you're going to take an oath today because we're going to talk about James, and James is going to have some things to say you may not like. So we're going to do this together. Okay? I want you to repeat after me. With your name, though, don't repeat my name. Okay? I, not tell you, say your name. Being of sound mind and fully caffeinated, promise to still be friends. With Brian Hollingsworth following his sermon today. Okay, you've just swore, so I'm not losing any friends after today, okay? We're all still going to be friends after. No matter what's said up here, we're still going to be friends. That's why I had to do that. Because James is not the kind of preacher that just kind of tries to make you feel good. He's going to throw it at you. You're going to get hit in the head with it. And then either you're going to go to the hospital or you're going to heal one of the ways. But you're going to be okay. In James chapter 3 is where we've made it, and, and I, I, thanked, uh, I always thank Rex for giving me the fun ones. He gave me wisdom and humility today, so um, I guess he thought I needed, well, I think I need that. In James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, though, James tells us this. If you're wise and understand God's ways, then prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Everybody feeling good so far? Good. 
But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Okay. Anybody going home to get some steel-toed shoes before we dig into this? Too late, you're here. All right? Let's get started. First of all, James says, if you think you're wise, let's be honest about this, really, because when I asked you, nobody really wanted to raise your hand. But let me ask it a different way. How many of you feel like the way that you do things or the way that you say things is the correct way? If you... Nobody's going to raise their hand. You can't talk about her like that. That's we, we, You have to kiss her now and tell her you're sorry. You love her. <clears throat> Always one. If you're not raising your hand right now, though, I would ask you why. Why would you purposely do something wrong? Why would you purposely say something that you think is wrong? You wouldn't, right? So let me ask this again. How many of you, when you do something or when you say something, feel like the way that you do it or you say it is the right way? Okay, I love it. We're making progress now. We do think that we, we do see the world from our eyes. The, the, the way that we've been brought up, the way that we've been trained, the way, the way that we've studied, all of those things, those are all things that, that we've established who we are and how we're going to see the world. And generally, people that kind of agree with us and kind of fall into the same way of thinking with us are our friends, and people that don't generally are not. Would you agree with that? And if they don't kind of think like we do, that's a them problem, right? We'll pray for them. Jesus might be able to save them. He can save anybody. We'll, we'll hope that it actually shows up, right? That's kind of, our, that's kind of the way we think sometimes, right? They, <clears throat> James says, if you, if you feel like you're wise and you understand God's ways, which we've just kind of established we do, right? We, we, we live the way we think we're supposed to live. So we've established that we do. He says this, show it off. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. By living an honorable life. See, I was expecting James to say, if you're wise and understand God's ways, then prove it by telling everybody how smart you are. Or maybe, if you're wise and understand God's ways, convince people how wrong they are. Right? I mean, let's be honest. You don't, have to, you don't have to be honest with me. But let's think about it honestly. And oftentimes that's the way we kind of see the world. James says, if you're wise and you understand God's ways, then prove it by living an honorable life. Not just living an honorable life. Not just being a good person. But then he says, doing good works. Well, we know you just, Rex just preached a couple weeks ago on the difference in faith and works. And now... James brings it back up. The way that you prove that you understand God's ways is by doing good things. 
The good things don't get you into heaven. The good things are how you show that you understand God. By doing good things, but then what does he say? And this is the, these are the two words that we're, we're not always very, good, very much fans of. With humility. With humility. Those are two pretty big words, aren't they? I, I am very good at telling you how right I am and how wrong you are. You want to have a debate sometime? You want to have a disagreement sometime? You want to talk about something? Let's, let's do it. Let's get it on. We're, let, let's go. I'm ready to go. I'm going to win. That's what we teach cops to do. We win every argument. I'm going to win. <laughs> James says, if you're really wise... Do these things with humility. Ah, how, how about we just skip that? How many of you would like to just skip those two words? Take your pen, just scribble them out so you don't have to see them again. But that's, but that's the way we are, right? It's difficult for us. It's difficult for us to look and share and try and help people and do it humbly. I can do one of two things. I can be humble and stay out of your way. Or I can work. I can spend time with you, but I'm probably not going to be all that humble. James says you got to do both of them. It's got to come together. And the humility comes from where? Wisdom. What has James said that has anything to do with scholarly education? Nothing, right? He doesn't say, if you're wise, go get your master's degree. He doesn't say, if you're wise, get a college degree. He doesn't say, make sure you graduate high school. He says, if you're wise and have understanding, then prove it by doing good works, bearing fruit. (laughs) I keep wanting to say something about education. But he's not going to. Because what really matters, according to James, when you talk about wisdom, what really matters is that people see it. He says, prove it. Notice he doesn't say, say it. There's a huge difference. Show it and say it. Much different, right? So, James sets us up. This is good stuff. Then he goes on and he says, this is one way that you can grow wisdom. Avoid evil. This is where you might want to, this is where you might want to, I don't know, put your feet up on the chair or something. Let's go through this. Again, it's not because I'm that smart. We're going to go through this kind of piece by piece and just look at it. First of all, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, Where are my jealous folks at? Man, y'all, y'all ain't very good at raising hands today. <laughs> if you are bitterly jealous, and okay, so you're not jealous. Where are my selfish ambition people? If you are bitterly jealous and have selfish ambition, what does selfish ambition mean? 
That's like the only big word in here I've got to explain. It means focused on you. It means you live your life for you. It means you live, it means you make decisions that benefit you. It means you say things that benefit you. It means that when you view the world and you're having discussions, it's all about you and what you can get out of other people. There was a kid in my class, there was a, he's a sergeant, but in our, when we went through our, our academy class 20 years ago, he said to somebody he was going to be chief someday and he didn't care who he had to step on to get there. All right? He, he's, he's, not, he's not chief, and God willing, he'll never be chief. Right? Because you don't really want people like that. If you have selfish ambition or are bitterly jealous, and then he says this, don't boast about it or lie about it. Own it. My kids hate those two words because I say it to them all the time. I don't, mind. I don't mind if my kids make a mistake. I don't care if they do something stupid. I don't care if they screw something up. It, it doesn't matter to me. We can get through it, right? But I want you to own it. Now, I get aggravated with them when they do that kind of stuff. But, it, but the thing that bothers me the most is when they won't take responsibility, right? How many of you feel that same way? Just own it. I, 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 don't, I, don't, care how, I, don't, I don't care what the car looks like. I just want you to own it. Don't tell me that some, that some UFO fell out of the sky and landed right on top of the hood. I, I don't need to know that. I need to know that you were driving like a fool and wrecked the car. That's all. That's it. Right? Just own it. James says the same thing. He says, if you're bitterly jealous and you have selfish ambition, don't try and hide it. Don't try and act like you don't. Don't try and convince people that you don't. Own it. How many of you people, how many, how many of you know people, I'm sure it's none of you, but how many of you know people that act humble but really aren't? Anyone? Aren't those people annoying? Don't you want to just say, show your stupid selfish self, right? That's what James says. James says it, so you can say it. If you're selfish and if you're jealous, then don't try and hide it. Own it. Accept it. And admit it. Because <laughs> jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. That's a nice way of saying it, isn't it? God really doesn't want you to act that way. Please stop. I, I, I'd really like it if you were nicer to people. Right? James could just stop there. He could just say, when you're selfish and you're jealous, it's really not how God wants you to be. You know how that is. You, you, now mommy doesn't want you to act like that. That comes first, right? After, after you keep doing it, <clears throat> now you stop doing it. Right? James is the same way. That's really not God's wisdom for you to act that way. In case you don't want to listen, I'll go a little bit deeper, James says. For jealousy... And selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly. That's not too bad, right? I mean, we know we do things like the world sometimes. Oh, silly me. Earthly, unspiritual. Well, I don't want to be one of those spiritual knuckleheads anyway. (laughs) But then James leaves all questions out. And demonic. 
in case you think that your jealousy and your selfishness is just something that's happening, James says it's demonic. Demonic means of the devil. What James says is, when you're acting jealously, and when you're acting selfishly, and when you're looking at the world only through what's going to make your life better, and only what's going to improve your family, or only going to be good for you, when you're doing that, you're not only doing things the way the world does, and you're not forgetting the Holy Spirit, you're actually siding with the devil. You're actually saying to Satan, Satan, I kind of like your team better. I'm going to play for your team for a while. That's kind of harsh, isn't it? I don't know why James has to be so mean. He could have stopped short of that, right? I, I was almost getting it when he said unspiritual. He didn't have to go all the way and say I'm demonic. But let's think of it practically. Okay, let's take James' words and let's think of it practically. If any of you have ever felt any type of jealousy or selfish ambition, I want you to think about how that makes you feel inside and outside. Is that a good feeling? When you're filled with jealousy or a lot of selfishness, do you really feel good about yourself? Do you really say, oh, yay, me, I'm jealous. <laughs> this is good stuff. Or are you miserable? Generally, the more jealous and selfish we become, the more miserable we become. Isn't that true? Because that's not the way that God created us to be. And not only is it not the way that God created us to be, it's the way that Satan wants you to be. And when we follow Satan, we're never going to have God's joy. You have to choose. You can't have both. You can't do things Satan's way and have the joy of the Lord. It just doesn't make sense. They're diametrically opposed. James says, it's not that it's just not a good thing. It's not that it's just earthly or unspiritual. It's absolutely demonic. It, you're siding with the devil. You're living in hell. Of the devil. Where is the devil? The devil is in hell. That, that, that really doesn't sound like fun, does it? So, so then the question becomes, why why do we have so much jealousy? And why, why do we struggle with this selfishness so much? Why, why, why can't it just go away? That's sin, right? That's, that's what separates us from the Lord, which is what Satan wants to do. And look at this, verse 16. In case you still haven't gotten it, let me help you a little more. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Think about it. Think about those times when you have jealousy and selfish ambition in your life. Think about when, think about when you're struggling with that. What's, what's going on around you and, and how are the relationships that, that you're in? As, as a police officer in the inner city, 
we used to when when I used to work when I used to work the streets we <laughs> we on on nights we would get sent to bars oftentimes because there would be there would be fights now they're shooting fights back then there were there weren't quite as many shooting fights there were more just fist fights and maybe a knife fight a gun every once in a while but we would get to these fights and sometimes they would spill out into the street and you would get there and there'd be weaves and wigs and torn out hair and it'd just be all over. It's this, this big mess. And everybody yelling and pushing and all this kind of broken glass and all that. And you know what it always was over? Always over a woman or a man. Always some guy looked at somebody else's girlfriend the wrong way, or some girl looked at some some other girl's boyfriend the wrong way, and they got mad, and now we're fighting about it. And now we're not just fighting about it, now we're spilling out into the street. Where there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there's all kinds of disorder and every kind of evil. There's, there's nothing good about that. Let me ask you this question. How many of you know when you're starting to feel jealous? Or selfish. That's the time to say, whoa, where am I headed? Where's this going to lead? Do I really want this disorder? Do I, do I really want this mess? Do I really want all of this evil to follow me? Or should I maybe catch it now? I, I'd, say, I'd say let's catch it now, right? Okay. Take a deep breath. We're going go to do some positive stuff now, okay? James kind of hit us pretty hard. We've been through that. But now he says this. The way to avoid evil is to enjoy peace. But the wisdom from above, what's above? God. Good. The wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's also peace-loving. Gentle at all times, Maybe we should just take these next six words out too, right? And willing to yield to others. You want to know if you're wise? You want to know if you have the wisdom of God in your life? And and if you're living according to what God would really want you to do? and, And really have understanding of God's ideas? James says, this is how you know. You love peace. Anyone know somebody that's anyone know somebody that doesn't love peace? <laughs> we used to we we know we know that there are partners you might be working with that can talk you into a fight, and there are people there are partners that can talk you out of a fight. Most of us don't really want to work with the people that can talk us into a fight. <laughs> James says, if you really have the wisdom from heaven, if God really if God really is in your life and in living your life for you, and you're full of his wisdom, you're going to be peace-loving. You're, you're going to want to find a way to get along with people. You're, you're not going to want to be that person that pushes them away. There's also, there's also prickly people, right? They're, they're different than selfish people, but they're prickly. You, you just never know, you never know if, you, if you're going to say the wrong thing and they're going to get upset. You kind of got to walk on eggshells around them. You, you know those people, right? James says, 
you're really peace-loving. And not only are you peace-loving, you're gentle at all times. And not only are you peace-loving and gentle at all times, but you're willing to yield to others. Now, now what does it mean to yield to others? Those of us who have a driver's license understand what a yield sign is, right? It means I have to drive faster than the other person. That's all that means. My wife and I went to the Dominican Republic for our honeymoon. I thought we were going to die. I did. There were, there were a couple times. They don't have traffic laws over there. I don't know if you know that or not. You ever go to the Dominican Republic and, like, and end up being driven around by one of their people down there? You, you're, just so you know, you're in for a trip. Because whoever has the most courage at the intersection is the one that gets through it. The dude that was driving us had plenty of courage. But yielding to others actually means, oh, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to let that person in. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a novel concept I'll learn one of these days. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to let someone go in front of me. Or I'm going to wait, and I'm going to let someone else's life improve. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hesitate, and I'm going to let somebody else get the promotion. Or I'm going to let somebody else do well. Or I'm going to make sure that somebody else receives their accolades, and I'm not going to worry about them. James says, if you really have the wisdom of God, you're peace-loving, you're gentle at all times, and you're willing to yield to others. You're willing to let other people succeed. You're willing to let other people enjoy their life. You're willing to let other people do well. You're, you're willing to let other people's lives be better, even if it means Yours may not be. That's how you know God has gotten inside of your life. That's how you know God has taken over. Because then he goes on to say this. We're not done yet. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. Ask yourself this question. Do people see you as a merciful person or not? I'm not going to answer that one out loud. There's people here that know me well enough to know if I answered it honestly, we're just going to stop. Okay? Are you full of mercy? When When people spend time around you, do they feel like they can, like they can mess up and still be loved? Do they feel like they can do something, do they feel like even though they've maybe made huge mistakes, they're still going to be accepted? Why is it that people love to be around Jesus? Was it, was it because of his smarts? Was it because of his great abilities? Not everybody that came to Jesus needed healed, did they? Not everybody that came to Jesus was coming to be taught. I feel like there were tons of people that came to be around Jesus just because Jesus was a cool dude. And because Jesus brought with him mercy. And because Jesus wasn't condemning. And because Jesus was loving. And when you were in the presence of Jesus, you felt special. 
That's why some lady tried to dig it just, just close enough to grab his robe, just, just to touch it. If I could just get close enough to touch his robe, I might get something. It might give me a blessing. Is that how people see you? You see, some people, some people like to be seen as the authoritative figure. So, some people like to be bosses just to be boss, just to be a boss, just so they can tell people what to do. Anyone ever had a boss like that? <laughs> They're fun to work for, right? Some people like to get education just so they can talk to other people about how educated they are. All that they've learned and how smart they are. James says, true wisdom. True wisdom is peace-loving. When you are truly wise, let me shorten this for you. When you are truly wise and full of wisdom, God's wisdom... People will want to be around you. That's how change happens, right? There are some churches out there, and I've been, I've, I've been involved and through and spent time with a lot of different people from a lot of different churches in different religions and in Catholics and Baptists and Church of Christ and all, Presbyterians and all, all these groups. And there are some churches out there that teach their people to be different than everybody else. To, to wear different clothes and talk differently and not to do certain things. And they have this long list of rules and they have this long list of do's and don'ts. And, and what you often find in those people, and not all of them, I'm, I'm not throwing everybody out. But what you'll often find in some of those churches is that the people from those churches often feel like they're a little bit better than other people. That's where the phrase holier than thou comes from. You might have heard that. James says that's wrong. Because nobody really wants to be around those people, right? Anyone want to be around somebody that tells you how stupid you are? Or how bad you are? Or how much you've screwed up in life. Anyone really enjoy those people that tell you that? No. We want to be around people that are going to love us and support us. And forgive us. Right? That's why James ends in verse 18 with this. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. The harvest for us as Christians is people finding Jesus, right? I'm not working to fill seats in a church. I'm working to fill places in heaven. True wisdom, James says, is loving people and being the kind of person that people can relate to. I'm going to share with you the person in my life. I, I, I have been overly blessed, and it's difficult for me to pick people out of my life that are examples, because there are many. But it, as I was studying through this, 
one person kept coming into my mind as, as I looked at these things, and, and it's my grandma. She's on the back of that motorcycle there. My grandma, Eva, <laughs> Eva May Barton, was the kind of person that you could talk to about anything. Nothing was off limits to talk with grandma about. You guys know I've made some really, really dumb decisions in my life. And I've created for myself some pitfalls and holes that the Lord has had to help me climb out of. And I'll be honest with you, my grandma is a large reason why I've made it out of that. Because I could sit at grandma's table in the midst of stupidity, ultimate stupidity. I could sit at grandma's breakfast table eating her fantastic biscuits and tell her anything that I wanted to tell her. And grandma would never judge. Not one time in my life do I ever remember my grandmother judging me for a decision I had made. Not one time do I ever remember Grandma saying, that was really stupid, Brian. Not one time do I remember my Grandma ever saying, why would you do that? No matter when or what I talked to Grandma about, she would just listen. And there were some things that happened in my Grandma's life that would have made, that, that as her grandson angered me, Man, made me mad. I can get mad. You may not know it, but I can get mad. And you would never know it, talking to Grandma. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what you had done or who you had done it to. Grandma was going to love you. For us as grandkids, for her children, for other people's children, for other people's grandchildren... Grandma would just listen. What if our church, what if our church could be that kind of church? See, as I talk about my grandma, some of you are thinking about people in your life because it's not just my grandma that had that gift. I would venture to say every person in this room has someone in their life that had that gift. What if our church could could become that kind of church? I, I want you to know I love True North Church. And I feel beyond honored and humbled to be able to even speak to you guys and to share with you when Rex is gone. And and I mean that. We have a fantastic church here. We we have great staff. We have great members we have great visitors we just we, we the lord has just blessed us and, I, and i'm very grateful for that but what if our church became a church full of people with james type wisdom where no matter who came in the back door and no matter what they came in the back door with and no matter how they came in the back door They could come into our doors, and no matter who they sat beside, they would feel this type of James kind of love. They would meet with someone 
who loved them, who offered them mercy, who gave them peace. What church would we be? Would that be the church people would want to come to? Yeah, certainly it would. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. As they're coming forward, I want to take it one step deeper. What about you personally? Are you the kind of person that has this kind of James wisdom? Are you the kind of person that family and friends and co-workers can come and talk to about anything and not feel judgment? And not feel ridiculed? And not feel looked down upon? And feel like they're receiving mercy. What if your family was able to sit at your kitchen table and talk about all of the mess ups they've done and how big of a mess they've made of their life? What would they find? Would they find love? Would they find forgiveness? Would they find that you're full of mercy? Or would they find that you're going to fix it for them? Or would they find that you've got the way, you've got the answers for them to fix it? What kind of wisdom do you have today? I'm going to pray and we're going to stand and we're going to sing a song. And while we're singing, while I'm praying, I, I always, when it, anytime I speak, when we get to this time, I want this to be your time with God. I want you to get gut level honest with your creator. I, I don't care who's standing beside you. I don't care who's looking at you. I don't care who's singing. I don't, none of that bothers me. I'm not worried about that. What's God doing in your life? These, these five minutes, these four minutes while we sing, whatever it might be. What, what does God want to tell you? Because this, this might be the only time you slow down enough let him hear, let him speak to you. What does he want to speak into your life today? What does he want to bless you with? What does he want to guide you in? What does he want to shave off? This is your time. It's not mine. It's not Dave's. It's not the teens. It's not your spouse's. It's not your kids. you are so beyond words. God, I want our church, I want our church to to have this type of James wisdom. I want anybody from anywhere to be able to walk into our church and sit down beside anybody in this church and I want them to find mercy and I want them to find love and I want them to find peace. And I want them to find grace because, Lord, that's what you've given to us. And God, myself personally, 
I want to be that kind of person at work that people can come and talk to. I want to be that kind of person at home that, that my kids can come come and talk to. And as they come and as they grow, my grandkids and my great-grandkids and my nieces and my nephews, Lord, Lord help me to have James-type wisdom that shares love and mercy and peace and grace. It only happens from you. So we ask you to make it happen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.